And hello, and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's week two, with our fancy, schmancy, shiny new opening, courtesy of Matt. How's uh, how's everyone doing, both in the chat and my co-host over here? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I'm a bit tired. Uh, it's, yeah. We've been getting heat waves here in Australia, so it's been pretty hot. Um, Yikes. But yeah, everyone in the, everyone's here in the chat, all our, all our usual suspects. Hello, Cyborg Soldier, Luke Skeletor, uh, JT Wizzy, uh, Jaden. Uh, again, I think Tevya commented before Louise. Yeah, we got everybody. And oh, they got a uh, they got Baby Yoda emojis now. I didn't know that. Oh, he's oh, wearing wow, a little yeah. Santa hat. They do too. Of course they do. Of course. Hot, hot damn, man! We didn't get to talk about that, but did you see that Disney just in time for Christmas literally shat out a bunch of Baby Yoda merchandise, and it's all ugly? Yeah, yeah, it's all like. We gotta rush these Vietnamese sweatshop workers <laughs> to make this in like a day. Mao, Diddy Mao. <laughs> I'm sure that was said quite a lot in the production. Look, we gotta get these baby Yodas on the streets of Times Square for the holidays, or else there will be no <laughs> magic in Christmas. <laughs> I, I I noticed it too because I went to the GameStop because I had some time to kill at the mall the other day, and I hate going into GameStop because it is just a punk. Uh, Funko Pop Emporium now. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Games are ridiculously overpriced, even ones that have been out for months. Friggin' Amazon eats GameStop's lunch. But in the back, I always like to see, you know, what's what's the hot new merch seller right now? And they had a bunch of very ugly Baby Yoda stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it all the time. I get, like, newsletters for, like, uh, like our versions of GameStop and other game stores, and it's just, like, covered. Mm. And it's like, come buy Baby Yoda water bottles and it's like well nothing related to gaming here no you know what i think it is i think disney saw full well how they uh fucked up the baby shark phenomenon there for a little bit when they didn't have baby shark dolls and merchandise in time for last christmas when the meme was big but i think this year you could actually get the talking singing baby shark doll and like no one gave a fuck because it was a dead meme Mm mm-hmm yeah, they just replaced, like, pulled the voice box out and put it in Yoda. And just put it in Baby Yoda. Why is Baby Yoda singing the Baby Shark song now? Fuck off, that's why. <laughs> you love it. You kids love it. So, uh, it, outside sweating your balls off in an Australian heat wave, what else have you been up to, Matt? Um, well, I can't remember if I mentioned it last week, but I've been playing that new Dragon Ball Z game. Ah, see, I wanted to pick that one up, but I needed to replace my controller, unfortunately. I got it for uh for the pc and i was trying to do the thing where it's like oh i'll use that program that fakes it into thinking uh the playstation 4 controller is doing (laughs) okay see i tried to do it but for some reason again it might just be my setup i don't know what it is but i'm losing like you know a tenth of a second uh in lag oh wow and that's yeah that's not good for that game because obviously you need to be quick because it asks you to do a lot of dodging yeah no i just um plugged plug and play and it just like works okay well then it's my setup then (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but it's a really fun game it's it's pretty much the same as every other dragon ball z game that's ever been made where you replay Mm -hmm. arena fighter replay all the uh the events of like the different sagas and everything up and i'm not Mm -hmm. sure where it goes up to i i I saw people the boo saga yeah i saw people complain it doesn't include super stuff which is disappointing since i really wanted to play all that sort of stuff and and because super is new and it doesn't include any of the movies i don't think no i don't believe so although let's face it that's prime prime real estate for uh dlc right there play 
play the Tree of Might DLC, play the Lord Slug DLC, which all you have to do is just put the fight from the movie and that's it. Yeah, yeah. But no, it, it's fun. There's like open world mechanic to it and like side missions and and the side missions are really funny because they're literally like what would be a filler arc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I noticed my camera's fucking up again as I talk to you. Uh, we said just before the show last week it didn't didn't stuff up. Two two weeks in a row it didn't do it. Although this time it's a very different sort of fuck up. This time I'm getting quite pixelated. It looks like I'm in witness protection. <laughs> Look, I can't I can't tell you about this right now. I can't tell you what I know about the mob. Look, you see, this is the thing there. They're they're smuggling cocaine in the baby Yodas. <laughs> That's that's why they were of such poor quality because they're all laced with cocaine. <laughs> Boy, I hope that's not enough to get us demonetized, but I guess we'll find out. Maybe I should say cocaine a few more times. <laughs> no, the, you, you say that, then we'll just get rated for kids. There you go, exactly. Kids love Baby Yoda and they love cocaine. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first on the Comic Multiverse, everyone, a hard-hitting journalism. But yeah, DBZ Kakarot, yeah, it looks a lot of fun. I like, too, that you actually see a bunch of characters from Dragon Ball who don't get referenced anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and apparently I haven't gotten there yet. So I've just reached the Cell Saga um, on the mm-hmm. Android Saga. Apparently it like, fixes a lot of the plot holes from those sagas. Because Toriyama was actually involved in this one, and he invented a couple new characters, and yeah, they apparently wanted to use this game to fill some plot holes, including why was there animal people in Dragon Ball, but you didn't really see them again outside like Oolong and Poir and everything by the time DBZ and Super rolls around? And the answer is apparently people were just super into furryism at that point in time, and they were taking pills that let them become their fursonas, and then they just stopped when the fad was done. <laughs> Which again asks a million more questions. It's like, but 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 Oolong is clearly an animal person, and Poir and all these other characters yeah. we know. The president was a dog. What what the fuck does that mean? And Toriyama's <laughs> like, oh no! In closing a plot hole, I opened another one. <laughs> I'll make a new series that details this later on. There you go. Well, that's why you got to get the sequel, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot Two, where we fill in all the plot holes from the first one. Yep. Shin Dragon Ball Budokai 2 <laughs> and Henshin. There you go. That'll be that'll be good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually jealous of your week, Matt. I wish I could have played that one. That one looks super fun. I mean, I'm going to once I just figure out my setup problem. Yeah. You uh, you said too again. You mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but I don't think we actually had a chance to sit down and talk about it. But you started watching Letterkenny. I did. Yes. Funny show, isn't it? It's very funny. I think I'm on like. I think i'm on season four as am i actually i am working my way no i'm on season five i'm working my way through it slowly uh season five is where you can tell they got really popular because they started getting like canadian celebrities to guest star on it yep uh jay baruchel shows up in a very funny episode in season five oh, nice. saying that he's a, yeah saying that he's a member of the hard right <laughs> come to letter kenny with his tiki torch to stop them from changing the local soccer team's name and i'm like holy shit this is pretty fucking topical <laughs> uh, but i also think that's great uh, 
I also think it ends up being probably one of the best episodes because I think it very truthfully shows how Canada deals with racism and also how it deals with issues like that. And that is that most people just shut the hell up and clam the hell up a lot of the time. <laughs> but they yeah. all agree Jay Baruchel is stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. My favorite joke so far has been that one uh, where um, they were talking about how to properly cook a steak while also yes. getting involved in parking lot fistfights. <laughs> also that that's a genius bit three minutes each side good sear salt and pepper yep <laughs> oh god uh, tannis and her whole crew are some of my favorites and again as someone who lives in northern Ken listowall the town that letter kenny is based on is like two hours that way so i like know many of these people in real life <laughs> And, and the joke she has there where it's like, hey, man, you don't want FBI problems, FBI problems. Yeah, big fucking Indian. <laughs> Again, I have heard that threat many a times, actually. My favorite part is he talks about degens from upcountry. And again, depending on where Listowall is and where I am, I'm pretty sure he's talking about me and where I live, actually. <laughs> I am the degen from upcountry. Specifically you. <laughs> hey, you know, there's, there's one degen with a YouTube channel. Fuck that guy. <laughs> But yes, man, that, that show is so near and dear to my heart. And I love the fact, too, that other people in the world are starting to accept it. I, I didn't feel this way uh, outside, like, when uh, Trailer Park Boys ended up getting really popular. And that was thanks to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as well as, like, so so far from what I've seen of Letterkenny, it hasn't gone the way uh, Trailer Park Boys went, where it kind of, like, sold out in those later seasons. Boy, boy did it. And you know what? It's like, I'd love to be mad at Trailer Park Boys for that. But then I think, you know what? They had 10 really good seasons, like eight of which were almost only exclusive to Canada. And then the actors bought the rights and then they kept it going, which is probably where it spelt the end because they didn't have a boss anymore and they didn't mm -hmm. have anyone checking them and they just did whatever they wanted. I, I stopped watching around the time they did an episode where like Jimmy Kimmel showed up oh, in God. a part and like, yeah, and they were actually, like, filming stuff for his show. And I'm like, ah, all right, you guys have officially sold out to American Interest now. I am done. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, that sucks. It's, it, it's funny because I, like, I got into Letterkenny, and then I think the week after or, like, that same week, uh, the show was referenced in the, mo in the most recent Lois Lane issue. Oh, shit. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Renee Montoya watches it, apparently. That's fucking hot. That is a Renee Montoya show. She would like that. Ah, yes, this is very, uh, very ly lyrical. Lots of vocabulary jokes. Yes, yeah, I well, as the well, question enjoy well, this. Well, she's attacking a paparazzi and tells him to pump the brakes. Big shoots. <laughs> oh, that's a Texas size ten four there, Super Chief. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, again, the people I know who actually talk like that and calling cigarettes darts and everything, that's just <laughs> the, the accuracy in that gets me every goddamn time. There's another bit they have. It's not in the main show, but it's in like their little side thing they did where they tried to do little animated shorts of like, oh, the letter Kenny uh, cast as kids. And they make an offhand joke about indoor shoes and they call them indoors. And I'm like, oh, my God, the layers of inside that you need not just in canada but in like ontario specifically to know that where kids going to school you had two pairs of shoes you had your indoors and your outdoor shoes and to reference it man i have never felt more seen in my life than when that man talked about indoor shoes <laughs> you see in canada for those who don't know we're basically all mr rogers we come on in we have indoor shoes and outdoor <laughs> shoes to be nice to the janitor so you're not tracking mud all over the place <laughs> 
There you go, everyone. You learned you learned a stupid, useless fact about Canada right now. <laughs> uh, and I guess with that, we can hop into the news this week. Believe it or not, everyone, we are actually a comic book podcast. Yeah, we got four bits of news. Yeah. Oh, and I guess, too, before we should start, I should thank everyone for joining us on Saturday when we did this. I know we didn't really sell it, the fact that we were going today, but uh, there's a very good answer for that. And that is that my D&D group made up uh, of all my friends from high school were being very passive aggressive. And I had them move the date that we played like two times because I had work and interviews. And they basically told me without telling me, Joe, we're doing it Sunday. You got to move your shit. And I'm like, OK, fine, I will. <laughs> it was that thing where everyone's like, Sunday's fine. Sunday's fine with me, too. Oh, yeah, Sunday's good. Let's do Sunday. And they know I have a show late night Sunday and that I hate <laughs> double booking. And I'm like, all right, I guess I've been outvoted then, Matt. Can we go yeah, Saturday? They quietly told you you're moving your they, day. <laughs> they quietly told me. And I think uh, I think my friend uh, Dev actually listens to this uh, when he's out being a pilot and everything. And you know what you did Devin, when you hear this. <laughs> uh it's nothing but love but seriously that's that's why in case people are wondering and there dev i referenced you <laughs> and no one can take that away from you but yes let's uh let's talk about uh what's going on in the news and ooh, the chat actually brought up something interesting too yeah the super bowl is sunday <laughs> everyone thought i moved it because of the super bowl no i didn't move it because of football although honestly had we done it we might have been able to talk about some trailers i guess we'll do that next week i was gonna say is that you don't watch the super bowl for the football you watch it for the halftime show and the trailers now this is this is me watching uh the super bowl refreshing twitter refreshing twitter has but, anything but dropped they, yet haven't they released all the trailers beforehand though Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I know some... I, I definitely saw trailers that were like, the Super Bowl trailer, I'm like, well, then why like, why are people going to tune into the Super Bowl for the trailers now when they release them beforehand? Like that, that new Fast and Furious trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with John Cena as Vin Diesel's brother. <laughs> that, man, in a series filled with a lot of outlandish shit, I think we can all agree the fact <laughs> that those two are brothers is the most outlandish. <laughs> Who, who was the adopted one here? You know what? I, in fact, don't say anyone's adopted. I really want to know that they are blood brothers. <laughs> That's the thing. The trailer makes it sound like he just says we're brothers. And it's like, well, your definition of brothers is it like varies depending on, on, on the situation, Vin Diesel. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you Tell brothers in that and the fact that you shared a bucket of Coronas? <laughs> Once you, upon a time. <laughs> you race cars together or are you actually brothers? Yeah. We don't know, and maybe that's why you have to see the movie. <laughs> I'm going to see it anyway. It looks Just, stupid as fuck. Boy, does it. Also, are we not living in a post-Fast and the Furious universe now because of Hobbs and Shaw that there are legit actual super soldiers that exist in this universe mm -hmm. now, and yet John Cena seems to be just a normal guy who can do super soldier things? Yeah, well, that's the th that's the thing, like, all through, like, or at least since, like, number four, all of them have been doing superhero shit. And then Hobbs and Shaw comes along and says, no, there's like actual legit Captain America super soldiers in this world. And it's like, oh, well, they're, they're kind of pale in comparison to like Vin Diesel, like, like throwing a car at someone or something. 
I, I love that the more this series goes on, too, it's like, okay, how many more cool wrestlers can we get in here? We got The Rock. We got Roman Reigns. We got John Cena. I'm waiting for freaking Edge to show up in there. Or maybe they'll jump ship and get a bunch of the AEW guys in here. We got John Moxley. Well, see, that's the thing. Number 10 is going to be Vin Diesel that has to pull a heist at WrestleMania. And he ends up oh. in the ring. And he actually ends up winning the belt. That's pretty fucking dope. And you joke about that. Like, WWE makes, like, a bunch of, like, crappy direct-to-DVD videos every year because they have a production company, and it's usually vanity projects for the people who work for them. I think they did – I don't know if it was, like, an Edge movie or what it was, but they did – a movie where the thing was that yes it was like a hostage situation around an arena while wrestlemania was happening and i'm like how fucking lazy are you guys you just filmed this while you were at work yeah they did hey guys let's just film this on our iphones that's literally what it is and they're filming like in the underground parking lots and shit and i'm like you you guys just did this in between working and just stole shots of wrestling matches like yep this is a movie this is what's happening (laughs) and and one of the guys in the and one of the guys in the movie went on to become the mayor of Knoxville County. Oh, really? Yes, Mayor uh, Mayor Kane, Mayor Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> Who, man, that guy must have had a fun uh, time running for public office. Hey, everyone, I'm Glenn Jacobs, but you might know me better as the devil's favorite demon, Kane. <laughs> I'm here to choke slam illiteracy. And burn up crime rates like I burned up my family. No, seriously, that's my origin. I killed my family in a fire. <laughs> uh, thanks, Shoney, for the Twitch Prime subscription. Hey, cheers. That's a, that's a good subscription. That's like the Cadillac of subscriptions right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was someone, I think it was Lute Skeletor, said, when is Fast and Furious going to space? Soon, they've got a, a rocket car in this. They do indeed. That's you see. This is just the prototype of the rocket car. This is the Mark One. So for yeah. So for number ten, they will have to take it to space. Yeah, I can't wait for Vin Diesel to like like street fight aliens with a tire I can iron. See, <laughs> I can see it right now. A hologram of Burt Reynolds comes down and says, "Look, we need you for the race around the universe. You will represent Earth." In the battle for who is the fastest and the planet that loses will be fucking destroyed. It's basically that 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 uh, Dragon Ball Super arc where they have like the different universes in the tournament, yes. and he's got he's got to fight like evil version of himself who has hair. And, oh shit! Yeah, the, and the like, mirror universe arc and like CGI Paul Walker, who's a robot <laughs> now. Yes, of course, naturally. Yeah, and and and, I, and 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 his son from the future, who's basically just Cable again fast and the furious writers all these ideas are free please you know we'll write this for scale and a sag credit just you know get us in there which i'm sure the fast and the furious writers are like we don't need you this is barely writing we just put this all down on the page jumble up some words and we just do that <laughs> we we literally write it by a friggin' dartboard we just have ideas we throw <laughs> at it and go yeah that's the movie the, the, the fast and furious team use all the ideas that are thrown out by the transformers team also that <laughs> what haven't we done with cars yet <laughs> we'll see uh but yes believe it or not there is news and there's 20 people here so thank you for all uh for sitting through all our little diatribes and side bits which we love so much <laughs> and here's a story 
that's going to sound made up, that's going to sound like a diatribe, but I swear it's not. Owen Wilson has signed on for a major role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but no one knows what it is yet. Yeah, we just know that it's involved in Loki. I'm guessing that means Loki the show, probably. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I saw a lot of people, no, it's going to be inside Loki. Owen Wilson, we've cast him to get inside Tom Hiddleston because that's the type (laughs) of power we have now. (laughs) Tom Hiddleston has to give Owen Wilson a piggyback ride now. This is is what we have to do. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, uh, uh, quite interesting. I, I don't know who he could be playing. If, like, he could be voicing someone as well. That's true. I've heard plenty of people say, you know, what if he was the voice of Frog Thor, much like how, uh, what is it, they get the voice of uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot and everything there, because Owen Wilson hasn't really been in a lot of movies recently, has he? Or if he has, I sure haven't seen him in a lot. Yeah, well, the last thing I saw him in was like some really weird action film with Pierce Brosnan. Really? Like a couple of years ago, yeah. I know he made some really bad comedies there, like Hall Pass. I think he he had like a really uh, high point, but it was a controversial high point because he was in that Woody Allen movie, Midnight in Paris. Mm-hmm. And then didn't didn't he have a big like depressive spell? Didn't he like have a suicide attempt or something? I think so. Maybe I'm not too sure. I don't know if that was him or his brother Wilson, but yeah. I remember there was a whole big thing. I'm like, oh, I guess we won't see him for a bit. And that's why, oh, a cyborg soldier says cars. He was in cars, but that was a oh, voice. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I know he does write a lot of the Wes Anderson films with him. At least, oh, I really? He's at least written or like co-written, I think, three or four of his movies. Huh. I did not know yeah, that. He's a good writer. He's a good comedy writer. Yeah. Yeah, he is underrated. And, you know, he's got a voice that sounds like no one else. I really appreciate that about him. Could you imagine this voice coming out of a little uh, frog with a hammer? I think that'd be fun. <laughs> also, hey, here's a pitch. No one's pitched this on Twitter, so I feel really uh, I feel really super awesome for coming up with this. What if he's Boulder? Oh, Lude Skeletor said in the chat, <laughs> what if he's Boulder? That. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think that'd be pretty he's- cool. Because he's blonde, which means he's kind of like Chris Hemsworth and kind of like Thor, but kind of not. And I really like the idea of Owen Wilson being like, yeah, Loki, I'm your brother. Yeah, I'm your third brother, the one you never talk about or invite anywhere. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Boulder, Boulder the Bright, Boulder the Bright. Yeah, you. Mm. Hey, how's Asgard? It's fucking destroyed, dude. Oh, shit. Why don't you guys invite me to anything? (laughs) Oh, also, dad's dead and mom's dead, too. Oh, no. (laughs) Maybe it'll be one of those things where it's like Odin is his father, but Freya wasn't his mother. Maybe that would be how they spin it. Yeah, Odin slapped cheeks sometime like Palpatine. Boy, boy, does he. And maybe that's why he doesn't come home either. It's like, well, you know, it was just really awkward with the stepmom. So, you know, I'm just living (laughs) here now doing my balder thing. Hey, Loki, what's new with you? You're good, you're evil, you're evil again. <laughs> kind of all over the place, complicated character. Some people even said Gore the God Butcher, which I think would be absolutely oh, nuts. That, yeah, that, that'd that be very strange. To have Owen Wilson come back and have him be a villain? I hate all the gods. <laughs> that'd be really funny. Of course, like, we're, we're like picking people from the comics. He could always just be like, like a person on earth he could be um that's the real um donald uh oh 
Blake. Donald uh, Blake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah, I agree. Exactly, because we hear his name, we know he was a real person, but we never see him. Mm-hmm. And we, huh. yeah, we know Natalie Portman's character had had a history with him beforehand. In. Hmm. I think we've lost Joel, everyone. Oh, no, can you not hear me? Oh, there you are. You're back now. Okay, before I went away, I said, what if he's Beta Ray Bill? He, I think he would have an interesting voice oh, and performance yeah. for that. Because it's like, what's an alien horseman supposed to sound like? I don't know. <laughs> it's someone with a nasally voice because they've got the I, long I, snout. Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, if, if he's a major character, too, it would make a lot of sense. Because, you know, if he does well in the Loki show, they spin him off into Beta Ray Bill. Then you can have uh, Natalie Portman as Thor. And then you can also have Beta Ray Bill on the side. Yeah. Someone else in the chat saying, what if Owen Wilson just plays himself? Yeah, what if he just shows up as Owen Wilson and keeps showing up in roles? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Wow, it's Owen Wilson. He's the most famous <laughs> actor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In the whole world. Ooh, oh, if, if he's an actor too, now you say that, what if he's Wonder Man? What if he showed up in that oh, yeah. role? That'd be pretty and cool. kinda- that would be interesting. Although, uh, wasn't he supposed to be a uh, Nathan Fillion in like some posters and Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. But again, if they're going to pay attention to that or not, we'll see. Yeah. It's a it's a weird and interesting time for the Marvel movies. I know we talked about this previously in another episode, but this is maybe the longest stretch we've gone without a big Marvel movie. We were supposed to be gearing up for Guardians three, but naturally that didn't happen. What with the whole uh, firing and rehiring of uh, James Gunn. Yeah, yeah, we've only got um, uh, Black Widow coming up in what, April, May. Yeah, something like that. And I guess we have Birds of Prey, too, in between, but that's not a Marvel movie. But still, maybe it's good that we're having a bit of a, uh, bit, bit, bit of a cooling-off period mm-hmm. for superhero movies, because there was a couple months there during the summer when it's just like, God damn, there's a new one coming out every month. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I can't, can't keep up with this. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see who Owen Wilson ends up playing. Ooh, Adam Warlock. What if he showed up in here as Adam <laughs> Warlock? Because we know Adam Warlock is coming. And he's blonde, so there you go. The perfect being is Owen Wilson. <laughs> is Owen nose. <laughs> Exactly. I think that's kind of great. Where it's like, aren't you supposed to be the perfect human being? And then they just do this thing. Hey, man. <laughs> My imperfections only make me better, man. Shut up. <laughs> Have you seen you, me, and Dupree? No, actually, no, I haven't. <laughs> and I never will. Uh, all right, what else do we got going on here? Uh, ooh, uh, some X-Men news. Obviously, of course, we're going to be talking about this later when we talk about what we read this week. But uh, we mentioned Hellions. It's that new book from Zeb Wells. Uh, we got Mr. Sinister on there. We got a bunch of... X-Men villains, Orphan Maker, uh, that weird egg guy, but also apparently the villain, the person they're going to fight, because it's like, well, who's a team of villains going to fight? Well, the Goblin Queen Madeline Pryor, of course. Yeah, I don't know all too much about this character. So she's a clone of Jean Grey sometimes, Mm -hmm. and she's a demon sometimes Sometimes. from hell. (laughs) 
from hell. It's a whole thing. Usually when the X-Men fight demons and shit from hell, it usually involves her. And when we heard the origins of Krakoa, when it's like, oh, yeah, the island got broken up by demons who came through from hell. I'm like, oh, are they referring to the Goblin Queen? Are they referring to Inferno? Maybe. (laughs) Also, to the fact that, you know, she's a clone and a mutant and can use magic sometimes. And it's a thing. I wonder where it's like, yeah, well, here in Krakoa, we're basically making clones all the time. (laughs) Is that why she didn't get invited? Because they invited, like, all their other worst enemies, but they didn't invite her. Yeah, she doesn't get get a chance. No, she doesn't get invited. And it's funny, too, as time goes on and you see all the mutants who who didn't get invited for one reason or another. Uh, Like, I know in that Wolverine book, apparently he's going to be fighting Omega Red first. And I'm like, huh, Omega Red didn't get invited. I wonder why. (laughs) He's a commie. Yeah, exactly. Colossus is like... (laughs) (laughs) Off to the side. Yeah, she's also Cable's mom, which is another thing. It's, It's a really fucked up thing. Yeah, so I guess it would be really interesting to see which which route they take with the character. The chat saying too, wasn't she dead? I don't know. Was she dead? That uh, that I, I mean, everyone who's dead's come back. Maybe maybe that's a Mister Sinister thing. Maybe he tried to clone her again, and she like turns on him. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that or, yeah. Well, again, th- that could also play into like the story. She could be reborn on Krakoa. Yeah, the chat saying to other reasons she didn't come. Jean told the others not to invite her. <laughs> it's like, what, and X-23 is like, what, Jean, you have a problem against clones? And the Stepford Cuckoos are like, yeah, are you like a clone racist or something? <laughs> again, again, all the other reasons it's weird. These other clones got to come, but not her. Yeah, yeah. Well, then again, you know, she's also, uh, is, is, does she have precog? Is she a precog, Chad? Is that why? Is that maybe a Moira thing, why she didn't get to come? That could be it. Like, yeah, some maybe some of her powers, like, don't gel well with the sinister shit that they're doing on Krakoa. Yeah, because you figure in a society where it's like, Apocalypse, you're cool. Sebastian Shaw, you're fine. Uh, what is it? Uh, Freaking all, uh, all these other characters from the 90s that people forgot, but who are pretty evil. You're cool. <laughs> but maybe, know her. Maybe they figured that, like, like where those other guys, they, like, like all those other villains, like, the, the X-Men kind of play to their, like, what egos, their interests yeah. and egos. Maybe, like, she isn't someone who's like that. It's like, no, I'm evil just for the sake of it. Whereas, like, am Apocalypse is evil to, like, better the mutant race and... Mm all sorts of stuff like that whereas she just wants chaos or something it's the eternal breakdown of you know uh what is it neutral evil lawful evil mm-hmm. chaotic evil yeah can't can't be having none of these chaotic evil people on the island but that's cool i'll definitely check out uh hellions again it's becoming so hard to keep up with all these x-men books but i definitely want to give it a try because i want to know the reason as to why yeah and that's a pretty good, uh, pr- pretty good uh, carrot to dangle on the stick. Uh, what else do we got going on here? Ooh, some big DC news that was making the rounds uh, on the interwebs uh, this week. Scott Snyder's Encore announced as his big final conclusion to his superhero uh, past decade. Basically, this is Metal 2 for all intents and purposes. Yeah, it's his conclusion to his Batman run, Metal... Uh, his Justice League run, I guess, yeah. no justice, maybe, or like I guess well, that, he's that into his justice. Started. Yeah, so it's, yeah, he's basically it, been like a run long story. Yeah, and hey, 
more more power to him. I've liked pretty much damn near everything the man's written. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to this. This is a really striking image. The fact that they chose this to be the first image seeks to imply that this is going to be a Wonder Woman-centric story, and he hasn't really written a solo Wonder Woman story. He's done solo Batman, solo Superman. He's done the Justice League, but no Wonder Woman. Makes sense. You do the Trinity. Makes yeah, you gotta do the Trinity. I wonder what his take will be. Uh, I've never heard it, but apparently, if you go to conventions, uh, he's like shared pitches he's had for Wonder Woman that sound pretty good. And I wonder if this is what this has got to become. I, I'd have to imagine it. He's, he at least rolled his ideas into something. You'd think, and I mean, one big idea we can see from looking at this image is that Wonder Woman has what has been dubbed the Chainsaw of Truth because it's a I'm going to assume nth metal chainsaw, only instead of a regular uh, pull cord, it's the lasso of truth. That's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That's pr it's pretty metal, is what I believe <laughs> is the word we were looking for. Also, how does that work? When she's sawing your arms off, you'll start telling the truth. Oh, God, I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you everything. Ah. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. Ah, this is painful. I knew it. Knew it. <laughs> It makes me wonder as well whether this ties into like any of the stuff that's happening uh, within the Dark Universe with like Wally West and stuff. Have you heard about what's happening mm. with that character? Didn't he fuse with like the Metron's chair or he, something? He, the book hasn't come out yet, but it got leaked by like some distributor or something. But yeah, he he fuses with the Metron chair. Get he he becomes. His costume becomes blue. He gets Dr. Manhattan symbol on his forehead and he becomes some new character. That sounds pretty stupid, but all right. <laughs> it's a ba basically Dan DiDio got rid of one of the Wallies. This, this sounds like the worst compromise ever where Jeff Johns is like, I want to bring Wally West back. I want to bring back hope. And Dan DiDio and Tom King are like, fuck that. You had your chance. You're not in charge anymore. We're going to kill him. Well, okay, you can't actually kill him off, though, because we just brought him back. Fine. We're going to make him a murderer and a frame-up artist, and we're going to make him crazy and all these other things. Yeah, the fans really revolted against that idea. Didn't like it. Fine. We'll send him away can't do that fine we'll send him away and we'll make him a new character because fuck wally <laughs> and we'll have scott lobdell tell the story because fuck wally and fuck the fans also <laughs> <laughs> don't you love that heroes in crisis was so bad they needed to create like three new miniseries and stories just to try and clean up just, the mess it made that's yeah that's the mark of good writing when you have to write new things to clean up the mess you just made. I seriously don't know, like, like when writing the story, like, no one at DC said, like, hey, this is, this is probably going to make a lot, a lot of people really angry and there's going to be huge backlash and like, eh, what's, what's the worst that could happen? I'm sure Didio's like, that's the point. We're supposed to make them angry. They're feeling something. Angry people buy comics. <laughs> Happy don't, people though. don't buy comics. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Tom King's like, I've never been wrong in my life about anything, so I certainly won't be wrong about this. And he quoted some poem before leaving the office. Yeah, really. Now let me now, 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 let me read you a little Kierkegaard for a second. Oh, God, do I got to listen to all of the... Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. I was in the CIA. <laughs> I know. Here's, here's the thing, though. I will say in Tom King's credit, I think, uh, what is it, Heroes in Crisis, is the only thing he actually does regret uh, writing. Yeah, he's actually said he's regret regretted writing that. 
which, you know what, that's a level of self-awareness you wouldn't get from the publisher like Dan DiDio. Do you regret uh, Heroes in Crisis, Dan? Yes, I regret it. Regret that I didn't fuck him harder. <laughs> I regret it wasn't 24 issues. <laughs> Yeah, really, that's what I regret. <laughs> All right, thanks, Dan. We, we really got to stop asking you stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the chat, hey, I'm Kierkegaard, and I'm here to say... <laughs> I like nihilism in a serious way. <laughs> but yeah, so this, uh, this one sounds good. Definitely interested to see where it's going to go. And interested that it looks to be a Wonder Woman-centric story. Yeah, well, for yeah, from this uh, teaser image, we can deduce that at least Wonder Woman plays a big part in it. Yeah, because what was the last like big Wonder Woman story you can name? It's such a shame that like they're not writing a Wonder Woman book. I really want to read at the moment. Yeah, well, maybe like like with what was teased in issue seven fifty, and like what uh, Steve Orlando's got planned for the coming upcoming story. Maybe maybe we'll actually get something that's pretty decent. Yeah, because she's she's not her comic isn't bad but it's not like like pretty amazing or like, like it's not must read or so. yeah it's just kind of there it's just and that's always been wonder woman's great yeah. folly the fact that she's always just kind of been there and like if you ask people like you know what's your favorite wonder woman story that you know they'll have runs they'll be like oh you know i liked the gail simone run that was pretty good only lasted for maybe a couple of volumes hey you know i really liked the uh the the rucka stuff again just a couple of volumes yeah they never last very long before they reboot her and retell her origin in a new way constant in a constant never-ending state of rebooting and throwing the baby out with the bathwater. heck i should hope they'll have a wonder woman book worth reading right now because they're apparently re-jiggering the entire universe around her now to say that she was the first ever hero in 5g so yeah maybe we'll finally get like a definitive story yeah yeah we can only hope uh what else do we got going on here in the world of news uh oh one last story here and this one was really unexpected this one came out of the blue uh dc universe members are going to get the chance to see birds of prey early now, again, this is only if you're uh, already a paying member of the app, only if you're in certain cities, and only, I guess, if they pull your name out of a hat. <laughs> what do they class as early? Because as, like, the, the day this goes up, like, if you're watching this on the new comic book day, I would have already seen the movie. Lucky bastard. And I don't have DC Universe or anything. So, no, so neither what, do what I. What they class as early? Uh, again that's a very good question i mean i guess early engagement midnight screening i don't know that that they, they didn't say that they just said oh you get to see it early which on one hand i'm like oh that's a cool way to reward the people who uh pay money for your app even though you maybe only have one show worth watching at a time <laughs> and then on the other hand i'm like hey fuck you that's not legally available in canada yet why why are you giving these people an unfair leg up and then i'm like well it's only for select cities where they would be having big uh, early premiere screenings anyway. So if you live in the country or in the sticks, you're fucked on that one. Sorry. So yeah, really, it's, it's really it doesn't the already limited demographic of that app. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very thin sliver of people, which, again, as we've said before, does not have that many people on it to begin with and only in a small area. I just hope that other studios and other app people don't get ideas for this because I envision a really horrible future if this ends up becoming a trend where it's like, no, 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 you have to pay 
for the Disney Plus app if you want to actually see Iron Man 5 and Avengers 6 earlier than everyone else. You got to pay money for the app all year long if you want uh, the chance to possibly be in a draw to get to see an early screening. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that'll ha- like it, it probably could happen, but like I don't see it happening since um, uh, again that kind of limits the people you're allowed, mm. you're letting see it, and it, it like we all know what happens when that happens. Like people get mad and. Social mm-hmm. media these days isn't it doesn't make for very good publicity. No, but then again I thought to myself too, I'm like, this sounds like a bad idea, but the powers that be love bad ideas. Mm-hmm. So maybe they will go with it because of that. Yeah. Cause who doesn't love a bad idea? <laughs> uh Party Bug Two saying their Krypton season two still isn't going on the DC app. Is it not? That's a shame, but season one is. That's what I'm talking about. They've they they've got like a mishmash of like all this stuff. It's like oh well, I want to watch like, like say Krypton. Oh, I can only watch season one, but I can't watch the final season. I gotta like, mm. as you say, buy it on the PlayStation Store app or go somewhere else. Like, why would I pay for an app like that? You're you're the DC app. You should have the DC shows, please. Yeah. Did you also see for the the this Harley Quinn movie um, that they're offering? They're like giving out Harley Quinn comics, not Birds of Prey comics. Yeah, like they. Yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's the the most. I think it's the most recent Harley Quinn issue one. Like it's reprint with just like a it, the cover is also like complete Harley Quinn. So it's Harley Quinn front and center, and then like small of images of the Birds of Prey. <laughs> Boy, they have just zero faith in the Birds of Prey, don't they? I saw. I, I said this when I was watching the Arrow finale. They had a they had an ad for the Birds of Prey film. They didn't call it Birds of Prey. They call it Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey. <laughs> I heard that too, and I have heard like a bunch of the ad material doing that now, and I'm like, oh, that's a very late in the game change to just be like, fuck it. It's literally just the Harley movie that's why now. Not, why not just call it a Harley Quinn movie? Or as people have been saying, what? Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Uh, that's too much to write, though. Well, it's no, it's less than Harley than Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn or whatever the fuck that movie's called. Yeah, which uh, which again, you know, we're doing a we're we're doing a Lauren Hill Fuji spoof, and I'm like, Ugh, isn't that a little in bad taste? Considering Lauren Hill is actually crazy in real life, not like fun movie crazy, <laughs> like actually has problems and refuses to get medication. Thing. Oh, the the, the For- kids that are going to see this don't understand that they think hey, it's a funny title because it's long. Yeah, they don't they don't get the Lauren Hill reference. Lauren Hill, for those of you who are too young to know, was in a band called the Fugees. They did uh, Killing Me Softly, a bunch of other songs you probably know. She was basically Kanye before Kanye when it came to I am a stable genius who doesn't need medication. <laughs> and all and all my backup dancers and singers will be doing this for Jesus, which means doing it for free. <laughs> Actually, hilariously, uh, Kanye West actually uh, used some samples of Lauryn Hill uh, from her uh, Unplugged album for his first big hit. So, again, there's a weird kind of... (laughs) Crazy uh, loves crazy. Crazy loves crazy. It's the damnedest thing where it's just like, ah, this speaks to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, it's it's funny. I, I'm sure you saw too on this subject. I was at the bookstore uh, when I was at the mall, and they were selling like you know Birds of Prey collections, and they were all broken down by character. So it was like you know Birds of Prey, Black Canary, Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn. And I open up the Harley Quinn book. I'm like, this is this is just Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. None of the Birds of Prey characters show up in this, yeah. nor do they even mention it. That's what that's what I found really funny with them giving out that Harley Quinn issue one reprint. I'm like, I'd be okay if it was like a harley quinn story that had the birds of prey in it but it's not it's just a harley quinn issue <laughs> it's just a harley quinn issue which again there's nothing wrong with that i like the harley quinn thing but man from a marketing standpoint you really should have just called yeah, this the harley the, quinn movie there's leaning on a character like like spider-man homecoming did it with iron man and then there's this like leaning on a character which is just like okay this character is just the the main character of this movie when they shouldn't be and it's like it's clear you want to lean on her. There's nothing wrong with wanting to lean on Harley. She's your fourth pillar. She has a wildly popular, very funny cartoon out right now and everything. You sell a ton of Harley merchandise. Why? Why did you get afraid and clam up at the last second and be like, no, it's yeah. the birds of prey for these characters who probably aren't going to get much screen time anyway? No. Yeah, well, from what I've heard, they're, they're, they're like all of them are pretty even in the screen time, but Harley obviously gets the oh. most naturally and again that's not even to say i don't want to see the movie it looks interesting it has way more personality than uh what is it that suicide squad movie oh, yeah, did. it looks visually interesting there's actual color on the screen and some of the jokes in that trailer look pretty cool like that cocaine joke looked pretty funny that was funny the bruce wayne the hyena joke that made me laugh uh i, I want to see what the hell ewan mcgregor is going to be doing in this <laughs> as black mask because yeah, it looks yeah. like he's just because it looks like he just has his fork and knife and being like, I'm going to eat all this fucking scenery. You'll see. <laughs> going to make a goddamn meal. There won't be any set left because I will have just devoured every piece of scenery here. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's your Harley update, everyone. And there's your potential uh, early screening news, too. If you are a person who does have the DC Universe app, you you could already be a winner and just not know it. <laughs> Tell us if you're a winner. We'll we'll wait. Matt and I will wait right here while you check your email and tell us if you're a big winner or not. <laughs> and if you're a big winner, you'll get well, you'll get nothing from us because you're already a winner. But you know, <laughs> just 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 like to know, you know, we're we're doing an experiment, Matt. It's a social experiment. <laughs> But, you know, a good social experiment, not one of those bad social experiments where we go to a suicide forest. <laughs> yeah, and laugh at dead people. I mean, we could do that, too, if the fans want to kickstart that. I mean, we can't afford our own trips to the suicide forest. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. That's a stretch goal, everyone, for this episode. <laughs> if we raise <laughs> enough money by the end of this episode, <laughs> we'll go to the suicide forest and make a really tasteless video. <laughs> How does that sound? Good, good. Uh, all right. Do we want to talk about what we read this week then? And again, because it's Saturday, we didn't read as much as we wanted, but we did read uh, some things. Yeah, let's let's talk about what we read. Oh, look, and this week, too, you even have, uh, what is it, the corresponding uh, comic covers to what we actually read. Isn't that fancy? I had it last week as well. Oh, shit, I didn't even notice. That's how much good work Matt's putting in behind the scenes. I don't even know notice. <laughs> uh, I guess because it's uh, it's a nice segue to Harley and everything we're talking about. You want to talk about Suicide Squad issue number two? Yeah. 
This, uh, this was a fun issue. Again, Tom Taylor makes it very clear that he wants to return to the Ostrander-ish heydays of Suicide Squad, where you don't know who the bad guys are, and you don't know who's going to kill who. Yeah, the biggest threat the Suicide Squad face are themselves. Very much so, which has always been my favorite thing about it. And it was a thing we haven't really had in the last five or six years, because the comics were taking such a page from the movie. I was going to mo- ask you that. It's like, yeah, this is like something we haven't had for a while. Because like, I read a couple of issues of those recent New 52 and all that Suicide Squad and it never felt like this. No, because they were trying so hard to be the movie, and the movie was being so trying so hard to be Guardians of the Galaxy, where they're all like a dysfunctional family and they fight, but they love each other and everything. Mm-hmm. This is not a Suicide Squad that loves each other; quite no. the opposite. No, yeah, and that I, I, that comes from these new characters, the revolutionaries. These like young mm. kids are, who are arrogant and think they're better than everyone else, when really they're it's not. A, it's- Again, literally, they're talking to Deadshot here, who becomes like the elder statesman of Task Force X, and he's having a conversation with them, and they they literally, they're this close to saying, okay, Boomer, to him several times. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) yep throughout their conversation and it's so great too because deadshot is never in that sort of situation where he's like these goddamn kids today <laughs> back, back in my day we didn't question amanda waller's orders we just went and shot people and she didn't blow our heads up now it's like you don't even want to be on this squad we don't we were forced <laughs> friggin kids today uh, also to uh, Mr. Locke, who has taken over from Amanda Waller. I love they waste no time being like, no, 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 no. Amanda Waller was gray in her morality. Sometimes she did bad things, but they were for the greater good. With Locke, it's just like, no, I just do bad things all the time. Oh, yeah. He's he's, he's Amanda, War- Mor- Amanda Waller without the morals. Yes, exactly. It's like, look, I, I, I only do bad things, but I do it for America. I've been hired to do it for America. Like in issue one, it's like, ah, you know, we sold uh, some uh, nuclear subs to Australia. And, uh, you know, that then the revolutionaries blew them up. So we can't have that. They can't have them blowing up our merchandise. And in this issue, it's like, oh, yeah, we puppeteered an election in Central America somewhere. And the democratically elected president won't leave. Can you fucking believe that? Just because we clearly (laughs) rigged his election. Kill that guy and install our puppet dictator. Um, Yeah. And I also like that, like, like right off the bat he just doesn't take harley quinn shit and like he says as no. much as like i'm not gonna take that shit like Wally did and he even has her gagged <laughs> just so she'd yeah, shut like, up <laughs> yeah no th- this is no time for pithy comments and one-liners you are literally uh what is it a soldier slave right now i can't believe waller let you talk and yeah that's another thing too waller really did in the last couple of years just let them talk endlessly where before even she wouldn't do that mm-hmm. <clears throat> But yeah, it's it's fun shit, and you know, at the end too, they have a little bit of a swerve where the revolutionaries might have a way out of this, but they're not sure if they can trust Deadshot. And even as the reader, it's like, well, maybe Deadshot shouldn't trust them, and maybe they shouldn't trust Deadshot. Yes, I, yeah, I, I thought that was quite interesting. Again, it's like the team's greatest enemies are their own selves, because every member of the team has their own agenda, agenda or plan or something to get out of what they're doing or to use the suicide squad for their own betterment totally it's it's definitely one of those scenarios where it's like well deadshot could work with them to screw over Locke, 
but is Deadshot old and bitter enough to be like, no, there's no getting out of the Suicide Squad. Trust me, I've tried. But if I kill you, then Locke will probably like me and my job might be a lot easier. Yeah, what will the boomer choose? What will the boomer choose? Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Suicide Squad 2, it's good shit. Tom Taylor is good. People, I hope people read this run because I feel in years past, Suicide Squad has become one of those books where it's like, I don't have to read it because no writer is ever consistent. Yeah, but Tom Taylor is consistent. And it feels like he came into this with a strong pitch and like he wanted to write it for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the chat saying, how long until you think Amanda Waller comes back? Good question, because you know she eventually has to come back. But for me, it's like, under what circumstance? I guarantee you she'll be in that new fucking, uh, what is it, fucking Leviathan book. Oh, God help us all. Because Bendis, like, um... He, he like had a heart on for her for a minute there with in like the early days of Leviathan and then she just disappeared. Is is this why we're getting Mr. Locke now where it's like, okay, Tom, you get to write Suicide Squad, but you need to invent a new puppet master character because Bendis has uh, claimed Amanda Waller. Probably. And in saying that, Locke is much better of a character at, at the moment. Mm. Again, Amanda Waller did kind of lose a lot of her edge. I hope if she does come back, she gets her edge back again. Because she really started to be quite ineffectual. Mm-hmm. Where before she was so great because she was so ineffectual. Honestly, you know, again, because she kind of made it sound like in issue one that she was retiring. She's like, look, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm fed up. I would love a one-shot issue where we get to see what Amanda Waller does in retirement. <laughs> Just sit around. Yeah, like, again, I think you could make that a great bottle issue where she's like, okay, having my coffee, reading the paper, sitting here, <laughs> sitting here with nothing to do. Ooh, I'll, uh, what is it? I'll, I'll go to a book club. And then she, like, has the book club kill themselves or something. <laughs> Turns the book club into, like, a proto, like, task force. Army. <laughs> Just her being super fucking bored with everything she does. Just like she goes from coffee to, like, starts drinking rum early in the morning. <laughs> Because you know that's how it would go, too, like a power-hungry control freak like her. It's like, well, I, I yeah. can't do anything anymore. I need this. Can't sit still, yeah. You could even twist it, too, where it's like, look, the squad might have been in jail, but Waller, make no mistake, you were in jail with them. You're institutionalized just like them, and you don't know how to live on the outside. Yeah, when you get freedom, what do you do with it? You don't do anything because you've never known it you've never noticed oh man amanda waller on the dating app she goes on tinder <laughs> uh and what did you do uh you know i worked for the government in what uh, i tell you but i'd have to kill you no really i would have to kill you if i told you <laughs> Jeez, why can't amanda waller keep a man i don't know <laughs> well she uses the app to like find potential recruits for a new suicide squad <laughs> yeah really she's writing to prison pen pal programs Ooh, triple murder you say Ooh, drug trafficking you say well i'm very interested in that how would you like to be part of a team is, is that like a weird sex thing yeah sure whatever <laughs> i would actually like if they did did something with the stuff that happened with her and like no justice and all that where she started kind of branching out into like i'm going to use brainiac's brain to like download yeah, all this information yeah. like like interesting shit like that because she kind of just like went back to like the normal amanda wallace stuff of running task force yeah. X after that yeah i liked the idea of her thinking a little higher and having other aspirations mm-hmm. and side projects there was a bit 
in the Diablo miniseries, it was like a two-issue miniseries back when the first Suicide Squad came out, there was actually a really smart idea in that where she takes Diablo and says, look, I want to make you the leader of your own team. I'm calling it Task Force Y. And their deal was is that they fought drug and inner city crime. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like a smaller, yes. like, make it like the shield or something. It was exactly like that, where it's like, look, I am recruiting gangland-centric supervillains to go to L.A. And, you know, basically, but basically like the Green Horner, where it's like you're going to be setting up your own crime cartel, but you'll actually be working for the government. And you'll be like trying to, you know, shut down all the heroin pipelines and everything. And I'm like, that's really fucking cool, actually. Yeah, stuff like that is really cool. It seems like all the cool stuff that like gets teased, whether it be like you know, branching out into stuff with like that Brainiac stuff or like what you just said, it just seems to like fizzle out. Like no one does yeah, anything with it or forgets about it. For real. Hey, here's something they haven't done before. Task Force Z, it's just all about uh, magic criminals. We recruited a bunch of magic <laughs> criminals to fight magic crime. That'd be pretty cool. You know, gotta gotta crack down on that magic crime. Look, the government is everywhere, man. <laughs> Task Force G, we just do internet crimes and 5G-related crimes. <laughs> oh, man, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, Task Force T, we just do, you know, like, theft under a 1,000 and, like, you know, uh, public exposure and everything. <laughs> it's just thing. a bunch of, like, like Walmart security guards. She's, like, like yep. rounded up and, like, mole security and... <laughs> Love it. Love it to death. Look, your mission, there are too many people uh, stealing shopping carts and masturbating in the food court. Only you can stop them. And if you don't, I'll blow up your fucking head. This, this seems a little extreme, doesn't it? Not extreme enough. Now go. That's that's what she does in her time off. She takes like a part-time job at the mall as a greeter. And then they're like, yeah. oh, you know, we got a we got a mall masturbator on the loose. And Amanda Waller's like, give me five good men and I will get to the bottom of this. You have my, you, you mark my words, I'll do this. <laughs> and the twist is, turns out it was her manager who was masturbating in the food court. And she's like, shit, once again. <laughs> Task Force SUV directed by Dick Wolf. Oh man, you just get a bunch of actors from all the different Law and Orders and put them together in one team. <laughs> and naturally, yeah, uh, what no is it? Christopher is safe. <laughs> no rapist. And naturally, Christopher Maloney is the one leading them. Yeah, you know, we put an right. eye patch on him. <laughs> I think you're ready for the SVU uh, initiative. <laughs> And there's been enough cops on that show who have come and gone that you could totally do that show. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. We brought Sam Lake back from the dead. <laughs> in fact, wait, wasn't Sam Lake, uh, wasn't he also in Suicide Squad, the movie? Wasn't he uh, the rope guy who they kill right away? Yeah, yes, I think yes. so. Yeah. I think he might have been Slipknot. He was, so he he was, was moonlighting a Slipknot. <laughs> He was moon knighting a Slipknot, which ironically, I think in some shit they cut from that movie, Slipknot was a rapist, funny enough. I think so, yeah, he had a problem with women. Yeah, because it's just like, man, what's with all the ropes and being able to climb it? They, oh, that's why. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I see why they cut that. That makes your character much less fun. But they blow your head up first, so it's okay. <laughs> Task Force A, they only do anime crimes. <laughs> Someone, all, someone carry, carry stealing carry all the Gundam. Yeah, someone's stealing all the body pillows. <laughs> oh, someone's stolen all the body pillows. They're trafficking in body pillows. What do we do? Yeah, the book There's would a, just be like all filler. Love it. There's a serial killer going around stealing body parts from everyone's favorite Gundam statues. What do you do? <laughs> 
I hear someone is taking all the subs out of these sub uh, releases. What do you do? No one can read it. <laughs> See, look, we come up with these, but these end up being great ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally on board with all of these uh, Task Force X spinoffs. Hey, uh, DC, again, if you're listening, and we know you are, call us. We will give you these pitches. <laughs> we'll go through. We got one for every letter of the alphabet. <laughs> Uh, all right. What else did we this week? Uh, we had Justice League issue thirty nine. See, I didn't read this yet. I flipped through it, but I haven't had a chance. And I was going to read that next. Yeah, Scott Snyder's final Justice League issue for now until he does that other story. Is this really the last one? His final issue, yeah. Really? Yeah. Because as I flipped through it, it didn't look like the story was over at the end. That's where it feeds into his new book coming out interesting very interesting yeah so like martian manhunter comes back and he tries to rally the world to uh turn back to justice and you know create the spirit bomb and and, and everything <laughs> against uh perpetua and the unthinkable it is so anime the unthinkable happens doom wins and the justice league oh, no. are, are annihilated um the justice league get get killed and basically like removed from existence in a way um but they come back to life because in the exact moment where they were thought to have been killed the quintessence saved them oh yeah that's right again i saw them in the book that's like ganthet and high father and all the high-ranking leaders of the dc universe all those guys which which is nothing like the Illuminati or other similar groups that Bendis created at Marvel. Not at all. Yeah, it's not like he's yeah. recycling it, his own ideas. It's funny when I was reading this, I'm like, hey, it's the quintessence. I'm like, boy, I, I really wish like 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 Bendis did some research and used these instead of the Circle that are basically the same. They even have the same kind type of members. Yeah, yeah. For real. Um, so they end up save, saving the Justice League, and they're like now. They can't. They like kind of disconnected from the Earth because no one knows who they are because they've been erased and everything. Um, and we find out the quintessence never even bought because Superman asked the the obvious questions like, well, "Where the fuck were you guys? Why why didn't you guys uh, step uh. in to help?" Turns out they're all guarding something, and that something is a doorway into what is essentially hyper time. Ah, and we're bringing hyper time back. Yeah, and if if Perpetua had got access to that, we would have fucked everything up. Um, so the Justice League come up with a plan to use this doorway to essentially basically go back through their greatest hits and like <laughs> do over. Yeah, yeah, basically a do over. And I think this is what that event's going to be because the book uh, ends with the Justice League regaining their powers and going through that doorway. I mean, it makes sense if the story is actually called Encore, the Justice League is literally getting to do it all again. Yeah. One more song, one more song. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's quite interesting. So it makes me think like, maybe that, that Encore event is going to be them going back and fixing all the battles they lost. Uh, maybe, or like fixing, uh. changing certain events, and then that, that'll lead into, I guess, a, a Justice League that's post-Doomsday Clock. Because they mentioned Doomsday uh. Clock in this issue. Do they? Huh. Yeah, they mention it, it again. It kind of confirms what was happening in the Flash because in the Flash they mentioned that like all the stuff that's happening in all the solo books, like Batman and Flash, it's all happening at the same time because reality is splintered. 
Oh, so that's the reason they give as to how it's, all it's these events. Quite an ass pull, yeah. But at least it's something. Take it. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> it shows that at least Snyder and Tynan were thinking about this problem, unlike King and Bendis mm-hmm. and everyone else who broke it, who weren't thinking at all. Yeah, he just blatantly broke it. Or even the editors and people at the top who are like, oh, fuck it, break it as much as you want. We're just doing 5G. 5G is just another crisis. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it gets mentioned because we see Black Adam fighting the Russian uh, superheroes, the po- po- Posner or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's going off to, to I guess, the, somewhere in the timeline in hypertime. All right, all right. I'll, I'll see what you got, Scott Snyder. If anyone can make this work, it's you. Yeah, and I think the uh, the next Justice League issue, which actually comes out this week, I believe. Oh. Um, uh, Robert Venditti's story, I believe it takes place after this event. They, it, it's that weird. They said They said anyone. it takes place before, but it can't. Can't possibly. No, because of certain things, like John still has the ultraviolet ring and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. so it has to take place after oh boy this won't confuse anybody but again this is dc they're like who the fuck cares we're just gonna 5g this shit anyway and the books you read next year are gonna be completely different than this yeah which you know that like doesn't that take the wind out of your sail a little bit to be like look anything you're reading and enjoying now it doesn't matter because it's all just a holding pattern until we do this 5g thing yeah where the rumor is all the books are gonna have different leads anyway mm-hmm which, I mean, it should be interesting because I know lots of people. It's going to be very good for our channels, Matt, because I know people <laughs> are going to be interested and want to come in and be like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, happy I, for I that ha- reason, but also not happy as like a fan of all this stuff. I had a guy leave me a comment the other day being like, they killed Alfred again. Yes. <laughs> Until he's not dead. Until he's dead. And technically, this is only the second time in actual straight up continuity they've ever killed him, or it hasn't been like out of continuity. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like they killed him again, which I like to think this guy hasn't read comics since 1963. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just coming back now. And it's like they killed him again. Yeah, it took like multiple decades, but they did it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, speaking of Batman, hey, let's uh, dovetail into that. Detective Comics Annual number three was this week as well. Yeah, I flicked through this and it looked like a really nice, like, post death Alfred story told by one yeah. of his old spy friends. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a spy story, which we've seen a hundred times with Alfred. And it's funny, we've seen so many Alfred spy stories every couple years. It's getting to the point now where they're all starting to contradict each other, where it's like, surely these all couldn't happen in the life of one man. Yeah, yeah. He, he led a very storied life before he became a, a lowly butler. A lowly butler, indeed. And it seems that no one can actually like uh, make up their minds, where it's like, well, how could he have been a spy and an actor? Seems like those are two things you couldn't do in one lifetime. Here, at least, Tomasi tries to say, no, 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 no. He was a very well-respected Shakespearean actor, and because of that, MI6 recruited him to go undercover in a secret KGB facility where they were training sleeper agents to act more American. So he had to be a British guy pretending to be a Russian guy pretending to be an American guy. (laughs) 
And only an actor could do that. Yeah, only the best actor in the world could only do the, that. Alfred only Pennyworth. The, yeah, <laughs> only Alfred Pennyworth could do this for Queen and Country. Also, uh, Marigold Sinclair, his handler who comes, you know, looking for Bruce for help to finish one last job. She, like, basically makes it incredibly clear in no uncertain terms to Bruce. Yeah, Alfred totally fucks, in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he I, does. <laughs> I know you are wondering about that, but look, you know, rest, rest your head there, Bruce. <laughs> Alfred totally fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, Bruce couldn't, couldn't like get get over Alfred's de- death unless he no. knew he slapped cheeks. There you go. <laughs> he got all up in that ass. It's funny too because it's just like Batman walking around his house, getting really sad, and like garbage is piling up and dirty clothes. No one's done the laundry. Damien leaves him a letter in the fridge, being like, "Dad, we're running out of food." <laughs> Apparently, none of us know how to shop. <laughs> That's the thing. They're because they're, they're like rich superheroes. They they have that disconnect. Where it's like, what's a supermarket? I do love the idea that it's Damien who literally left him a letter where it's like, Dad, I need food if I'm going to be torturing criminals in my own book. (laughs) And do remember, this is a Batman who uses a knife and fork to eat burgers. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) But yeah, he's totally sad, Dad Bruce. And he goes to Russia and he has an adventure and then, you know, it's all said and done. This this story isn't going to knock anyone's socks off. It's fine, but it also feels like a million other Batman has to deal with Alfred's spy life stories. Yeah, I like the part where Alfred um, designs the, the bat suit. The first, that first, that year zero bat suit that we see. Mm-hmm. I thought that was That's pretty cool. Fun. That's fun in the fact that we're keeping the year one bat suit canon I like as well. Mm-hmm. To be like, no, 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 this this definitely happened. But that was Detective Comics. It was fine. I'm more excited for the next Tomasi Batman because it's going to be a Two-Face-centric story. Yes, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Especially, too, because Two-Face feels like a villain who really hasn't been able to bring it together the last couple of years, right? There's been Two-Face stories, but none of them have been very memorable. No, I can't exactly remember any of them. I, I think Tomasi... Yeah, you wrote that one that like kind of was it in action comics when when he teamed up with batman briefly oh no yeah that was detective comics but that was james robinson yeah Yeah, yeah. they they had to stop a terrorist plot from cobra Mm -hmm. and yeah two-face and batman teamed up for a minute which they've done before which wasn't too memorable and then before that the last big story they did was uh scott snyder uh when he did his take on Two-Face and it was all like, oh, the evil side is fully in control now. Yeah, yeah, in All-Star Batman. Yes, All-Star Batman, nice callback. Which, ironically, All-Star Batman also ended with a Alfred spy-centric story. (laughs) Which, again, that's how many we got. That was the one, too, where we discovered that MI6 had its own, like, secret proto-Batman program and Alfred almost became British (laughs) proto-Batman. Yeah, see, I bet you forgot about that one, but that one happens. <laughs> but yeah, that was Detective Comics. It was okay. What else did you have? Uh, well, yeah, Detective Comics, I had Action Comics. Oh, yes. What's happening in the world of Superman since I uh, since I gave up and ran away? Uh, this was a Lex Luthor and Legion of Doom issue. Uh, Interesting. Where the Legion of Doom extend an olive branch to Leviathan and like invite him invite him round to the the Hall of Just a uh, Hall of uh, Doom and ask him how he did it how he he managed to get like pull one over on superman and batman and all that and take out all of these spy agencies 
So we're still not done with this fucking guy yet. No. Now it's bleeding back into Superman. Yeah, no, 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 we don't. And as people meant uh, pointing out the artwork, boy, did it ever. Holy so shit. So they're not even getting good art on action this comics anymore. This is John Romita Jr. at his worst. Really? Yeah, holy really, shit, that's a shame. bad. It, w- let me guess, did people mostly just talk in this issue and there was no fighting? Oh, th- there was a little bit of fighting. There was a bit of talking, yes. Because that's the thing. Romita Jr., is only really good at doing fighting these days, like really brutal, bloody, broken you, jaw fighting like he didn't kick ass. Yeah, you need to look up like how he drew Gorillic Rod. <laughs> mm. Oh no. <laughs> Oof. He it looks Wasn't like a Brad. taxidermied like gorilla that's like by way of like Chewbacca. Yikes. I- I'm not as hard on Ramita Jr. as everyone else seems to be, but I will fully admit he's, he has his wheelhouse. He's good when he's got time. Like that Superman Year One book looked really great, but like this, which is like, I guess, like a monthly thing or a weekly thing. Mm. Nah. Nah. Yeah, like why, would, like why would you even get him for this? He seems a bad fit for this project. I, I, I have no idea. But yeah, they, they, they extend an olive branch to Leviathan, trying to like find out what his plans are. Um, they realize that they kind of have like the same they're they're like um uh interests kind of align so they're like oh we'll team up with each other and the first thing we're going to do is take out superman but i thought leviathan wanted to stop all crime so the heroes like superman could have a break well remember at the end of of uh event leviathan because superman and all their whole heroes kept trying to stop he went fuck it i'm gonna do it and just like if superman gets in the way i'll kill him Boy, that sounds like a really bad turn for a story. So yes, I'm certain that's what happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he they team up and they go after Red Cloud, uh, and because she's got her powers now, she can take out Superman. And it, it's kind of a smart plan. It's not an original plan, but it, it is kind of smart. Where they're like, okay, so we're gonna kill Superman. The only way we can do that is if he's in Metropolis. Because if he's in Metropolis and fighting us, he won't use his full power because collateral damage people loved ones all that sort of stuff so we'll we'll fuck them up which is what they've been doing the last couple of issues the legion of dune have just been like fighting the the superheroes in metropolis and then red cloud will come in and deliver the killing blow but but red cloud that they know who superman is does that cause any difference to my knowledge it's not caught up to that oh okay Although it is because last issue, Melanie Moore says she knows who Superman is. Although I think this is set like in that, in like a day before sort of thing. Whereas don't like you, don't this, you love all this happened the day before he revealed his identity or something. Don't you love having to navigate all this shit? Oh, Isn't fuck. that fun? Uh, but yeah, uh, Robinson good is like, oh, I don't know whether I should kill Superman or not. I don't, I'm having a, 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 a you know, crisis, a uh, crisis of conscience even though like up until now i've wanted to kill superman for real yeah and then the the book ends with like metropolis just getting utterly destroyed and i'm like okay well then why isn't this referenced in anything this is like like coast city level destruction nobody knows (laughs) this is happening on another another earth you know the bendis earth the bendis verse i i absolutely agree man Sounds like I haven't missed a goddamn thing since I stopped yeah. reading the, the Superman the, the books. Issue, the issue is competently written. There's like barely any bend to speak. The only problem is Leviathan just talks in exposition and like recapping what's been happening in like in his story. I'm like, oh, wait, we get it. Fucking move on. 
Ben just gets on something and he just won't let it go. Like yeah. Rogel Czar was the bone he would refuse to put down. And now he refuses to let down Leviathan. <laughs> and he's put down the bone of Rogel Czar and no one's picked it up. Or like everyone's just like no. kicked it over into the corner. Oh, don't worry. He'll bring it back. <laughs> He'll bring it back. Don't worry when you least expect it. <laughs> Uh, what else did I have this week? Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Uh, ooh, we had uh, X-Men 5. We did, yes. This uh, this story, it's funny, you know, the X-Men book, you never really know what you're going to get because it basically just kind of feels like, and this is what Hickman wanted to talk about this week. So it you'll jumps get, around. Yeah, so you'll get, like, plant-stealing grannies and trips to the UN and, you know, islands fucking and everything. And here it's just like, all right, let's tell a story about the children of the vault these grant morrison characters that i didn't even know were grant morrison characters someone oh. had to tell me that okay i thought they were like original creations <laughs> yeah i thought that too so you're not alone again i think uh they were only like in one morrison story and no one referenced them ever again uh, okay then but that their origin of being these like you know post-human creations that were neither mutant nor human that Morrison did write fits perfectly with Orchis and this whole post-human thing they're doing. It just mm-hmm. so happens that they fit so perfectly, they feel like original creations when they're yeah. not. Okay, cool. Like the the whole vault thing, which apparently the vault is this. It's basically the fucking Matrix is what it is, where time moves yeah. differently and where Orchis was running experiments on like, okay, what happens if we had, you know, a group of people who, you know, in, in, in a place free of mutation who developed alongside technology? Yeah, yeah. Instead of like going through evolution, they 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 took like a shortcut basically and used used technology to further their gain. Yeah, they became uh, techno. Uh, what is it? Uh, t- uh, techno organics, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Which uh, was a hell of a thing. Oh, Mike Carey. Apparently, it wasn't Morrison. It was Mike Carey created them during his run and did a whole story about them. And Hickman loves that run, and that's why he did it. Well, thank you, Chad. This is why I'm glad you're here. I don't have to be wrong for long. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so they got a whole thing where it's like, all right, we found this vault, and it's got a big dead sentinel over, it, which I think is the universal sign for mutants stay out. Yes, yeah, this, this is the no trespassing sign of the mutants. <laughs> Uh huh. So we got to put together a special team to go inside the vault, and it's got to be a team of people who we're certain won't die. Yep. So we picked Cinch and Darwin and Laura X twenty three. First time we've seen her on the island, I think. Ah, uh, she was in Fallen Angels. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I'm not reading that She's, book. She was, so. No, neither am I. She's a member of the team, and that book never bothered to answer why she just went back to being X twenty three again. Here, Hickman's like, uh, did uh, Brian Edward Hill say that? Well, he's wrong. She's Wolverine now. <laughs> yeah, and they make it very clear she is Wolverine. Which I love Wolverine's thing of like, you tell him, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> please be wolverine and take this off my shoulders i don't want to be wolverine anymore (laughs) nothing good it happens to me and you look better in yellow anyway (laughs) uh we we get some really interesting stuff in the appendices too where they say you know sink the mutant whose powers he can copy any other mutants powers was one of the first brought back and they learned a very harsh lesson with him And that is that even though your body will come back 100% normal, in some cases even younger and better 
the problem is your mind where he started seeing all these people from the future and people he used to know who have grown up and changed and everything and apparently that caused him like some really bad PTSD so that's why there's a new mutants book where only new mutants hang out together and the main X-Men book is just all, all these you know the founding members because apparently yeah. if you hang out with other people for too long you run the risk of going insane yeah you, you go psychotic if you hang out with other which which is which is really really intriguing and i'm wondering if they're going to actually play with that a little bit i mean hickman said it so yeah i'm sure they will yeah i i hope someone snaps and just fucking tries to kill everyone I mean, honestly, I think that could potentially explain the stuff that goes on in X-Force, where it's like, man, why are all these somewhat peaceful mutants totally cool doing black site CIA leg breaking? It's like, oh, is the mental degradation already happening? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, this could be the, the, that whole thing of why, like, they, they think they're better. They, they, they keep saying they're better, but they're not proving that they are better. They just keep falling into that, that same thing. Like with Beast in that book in, yeah. in x Wars, so he's like oh yeah i like run this team and like i i erase people's memories and bribe people and create fake news to make sure that no one sees the x-men's like that's not better than what humans do you know it's funny too i was one of the biggest complainers back during like the second run of illuminati and secret empire and even the bendis years of all new x-men when they kept trying to push beast into a more evil morally gray direction and i'm like i don't like that i just want beast to be a happy nice good guy you know i want him to be fraser basically yet hilariously when percy does it i like it more because at least percy has narrowed in on the idea where it's like no no no, no. those ones were stupid because beast was acting stupid and wait too obvious here he's being morally gray in the way a smart guy would be morally gray and that is to have a level of you know deniability and be like i didn't do that you didn't see me do that <laughs> can't prove i did it can you prove i did it didn't think so <laughs> it didn't think so but yeah that's uh, well i guess now we've just moved on to talk about x-force because yeah i mean x-men it's basically they get the team together they send them into the vault and then they instantly lose them <laughs> yeah yeah and then and then we cut to like sometime in the future where we learn that it's going to be like 500 odd years before they could get them out oops yeah so they're, they're, they're off the table for a while well, not for too long, because they're also going to be the stars of that X-Factor book, so... Yeah, yeah, somehow they'll get them out. They'll get them out somehow, don't they always? <laughs> It'll be interesting, too, for that X-Factor book, where it's like, ooh, how has this situation changed them, I'm sure. Imagine if they, like, like, they, um, like, like, Xavier's like, well, they're not coming out anytime soon, we'll just, uh, regrow some new clones, and I'll put the memory, like, the, the 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 save file from before they went in into the mind so there's like funny. two x23s and two cinches and two darwins funny you should say that matt because the plot of x factor is they're literally going to be the te the detective group running around making sure there's no doubles extra clones or dead mm. people not really dead yeah interesting they themselves are clones <laughs> Where they themselves are clones of clones and don't even know it, where they're doubles of yeah. doubles. Yeah. Shit, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> and Xavier will know, but he won't tell them. Yeah, because he's evil at the moment. <laughs> oh, uh, again, chat's saying that apparently X-Factor is the book with uh, Doc and not X-23. Oh, really? But, but Darwin's on that team, though. So they do have some crossover, though. Mm-hmm. I could have sworn she was in that book, but maybe I just mistaked the artwork because the artwork for New X Factor and this story came out around the same time. 
Yeah. Either way, uh, kind of cool stuff. And uh, X Factor was even more nuts. X Factor was just straight up being like, "All right, let's see how far we can push mutant aggression here," with st- while still technically being the good guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the idea being, I know some people were quite displeased with this issue, being like, oh, you know, the X-Men, you know, they're really cruel and unusual here. You know, they're really not the heroes anymore, to which I fire back by saying they're no more or less evil uh, than the actual CIA. Yeah, I, I find it like like every time when I, I do a review and I mention that like these, you know, they keep touting that they're like like better than everyone else when like their their actions prove otherwise like you always get like some angry people it's like these mutants deserve to do this because it's their time and I'm like they're, they're still bad they're still bad it's good it's good I, that they're showing that and they're not shying away from it but yeah they're, they're still mean, being pretty bad <laughs> that's the dirty side of running a country and again too as i yeah. mentioned in my own video hey learn up on the real world cia sometimes mk ultra experiments lying to congress recruiting nazis tapping phones just to name a few things that they've done yeah yeah <laughs> they're they're get the job done by any dirty means and in fact this issue seeks to imply that if the x-men keep up with these dirty tactics it's going to come back and bite them in the ass before they oh, know it because it they're totally is. They're, it's totally happening <laughs> Because their kingdom is built on a foundation of lies, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, I've been saying since House of X and Power of X, it's got to come back to bite them in the ass in a big way. And the fact uh, was that, that they're already fighting each other, where, you know, Gene is already kind of going against Beast's more brutal tactics, where Beast is like, no witnesses, we can't have any witnesses. And that's, that's a hilarious scene, too, because Gene does the bad thing feels bad about it then calls hank a beast and he he's being a bit of an asshole about it. he's like yes gene that's my name <laughs> <laughs> to which he literally says don't fucking patronize me <laughs> <laughs> which man that's just so endlessly funny where it's like man beast is really kind of getting off on this role of being the mutant amanda waller isn't he yeah he kind of is like he like there's there's that there's that part in the book where he talks about like the x-force being like his dark orchestra and he's the mm-hmm. composer like f- like uh, messing with every part of it and all that i'm like jesus beast like this is like something like mr sinister would say <laughs> It's, it's funny because, you know, when you think about it, too, Beast always had, like, positions of power. He was a well-respected mutant. He took Xavier's place on the Illuminati when he was dead for a bit. But has he ever, like, really been a team leader before? Is this the first time where he really gets to say, yes, I'm the leader? Yeah, I, I, would, I would argue, yes, it is. Although I'm sure if you asked X-Force who's the leader, Beast would say, I'm the leader, and Wolverine would say, I'm the leader. It's like, no, 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 you're you're the leader of the brawn side. I'm the brain side. I point you in the direction. No, I'm the leader. I, and you know that's going to lead to a schism between those two. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, you can already see that, you know, the brawn guys and the brain guys don't like each other and don't get along. And we've seen multiple stories from their point of view where Wolverine and the brawn guys are like, no, 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 they do what we tell them to do. They work around us. And the brain guys are like, no, 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 we point these psychos in a direction mm-hmm. and then they do what we tell them to do. Yeah, we're, we're the puppet masters. Yeah, but everyone thinks they're the puppet master. And that's why I think that book is so interesting, because everyone thinks they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Everyone thinks they're in charge. And little do they know, it's like, no, nah, you're actually, none of you are in charge. Yeah, it just seems to have worked this long just out of sheer luck. But it's not going to yeah. last long. No, no, it isn't. In fact, you're creating more enemies like you, like they did in this book. They basically ended up creating a new supervillain. Mm-hmm. 
So that'll be fun when that eventually comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in the chat said Beast is furry big boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We'll create a nation for mutants. We'll save the world from war by using war. <laughs> yeah, we'll hide nuclear missiles underwater. Man, that's going to be the twi- The mutants don't need nuclear missiles because they are nuclear missiles. No, yeah, no, it'll be like some like, like, like Krakoan growing organic tech that's like 10 times stronger than nukes. They're hiding there under you- the island. <laughs> uh, Beast gets an eye patch later on just because. <laughs> uh, time to bring the legend back to life. <laughs> uh, that's good shit. As Tevia brings up, didn't they, like, make Beast less dark in that Rosenberg run? Yeah, he was back to being a silly, goofy guy in that, but then he died and got resurrected, and yeah. maybe they've got the brain worms now, because as we know on Krakoa, that's a thing that can happen. Yeah, yeah, or well, Xavier's manipulating him or something. That, too. Also, again, how do you think, because this, this hit me, too, this week as I read this book, where I'm like, you know what? They're going to get the mutants to do these morally questionable things. They're going to cross the line. And I bet the way they get out of it is by killing everyone one more time and restarting with new mutants and a new timeline. It's like, okay, this time, go and don't do that. Yeah, I feel like that's where it's going to head. Like, this is going to be, like... Like, because obviously Moira, like, went through, like, a bunch of different timelines and found, like, oh, this is the one that, like, nothing bad's happening. Like, and we haven't seen her for a while yet. So, like, maybe this is, like, once she comes back, this she'll find, like, oh, something does, something bad does happen. It's just delayed. Yeah. And then, then the timeline I- will reset and we'll get, like, similar stories, but they'll be slightly different. I can basically see it now where it's like, okay, we got to go back and do another timeline, but Xavier has to wipe everyone's mind of this so no one remembers what happened and they get to do it one more time and hopefully make a better world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that way, like, Hickman's, like, built himself in kind of like a failsafe. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and a failsafe that actually works. And you know what? And I bet it'll all resolve around the time that there's a new movie coming out and they'll get everything back to the status quo and we'll be back at the mansion and Xavier will be alive and all your favorite mutants will be alive just in time. Xavier won't be wearing his weird helmet. No, he'll be back in his hover wheelchair again. (laughs) And I bet they'll end it with, you know, to me, my X-Men, I'm sure. Yeah. Only everything will be less sinister and less horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, alrighty then. So what else was there that we read this week? We talked about both X-Men books. Uh, I only read one more thing. Okay. I, I read a couple more, but what did you read? I read the immortal Hulk. Ooh, tell me about that. Big, big Kaiju ass monster fight all over America. <laughs> nice. Cause again, cause Dario Agger spared, spared no expense to get the finest monsters from monster island to come and screw stuff up on earth while the avengers and fantastic four are away which means hulk and his team have to get involved oh nice and uh they run into gamma flight again which was the group that carol danvers and the government had created to track uh, gamma crime basically and doc samson was on their team but left to join hulk in his new shadow base yeah. and they're a little pissed at him where they're like dude you just left us and <laughs> went with the guy we were supposed to catch <laughs> <laughs> and doc's like well you mean you guys didn't go don't tell me absorbing man puck from alpha flight and tanya have more morals than me <laughs> <laughs> 
And they're like, well, look, you got to deal with us because the government is so pissed off at the Hulk right now. If we don't get this job done, they'll replace us with a new gamma flight and you're not going to like them. (laughs) Also, we discovered, too, that uh, even when Hulk and his friends beat up the monsters, it turns out they have giant monster parasites in them that are actually way worse than the monsters. Jeez, of course. (laughs) And the idea being is that people on the news and in the media who are watching this just see Hulk ripping open monsters and parasites going everywhere. So the idea is they're like, hey, the Hulk did that. Uh, see what they let's see what they're doing. Because it's all a big frame up where Dario Aggers like now the Hulk was way more popular than me. People like him now that he's become like this firebrand for rebellion against big business and corporate greed, aka my bread and butter. So <laughs> I need to make him look like a bad guy again. I need to make him look like an out of control monster, and then I need to introduce my own corporately created hero to challenge him and save the day. Oh, nice. <laughs> And his corporate hero is Zenmu Zenmo, the Living Titan, a.k.a. the first ever Marvel character to have the name Hulk. Oh, okay then. Who he like literally comes down in a ray of light and I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing because the Hulk is the devil Hulk and he's wrapped himself in all of this macabre shit. But Zenmo literally comes down looking like an angel to save everyone from the nasty Hulk. And I'm like, that's smart. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It is, and it's like, oh, but little do they know that their angel has literally been created uh, by a fucking marketing team at Roxxon. (laughs) Which begs the question, what the fuck is Zenmo getting out of this outside, I guess, fighting the Hulk again and taking his name back? Maybe that's just it. The, the, um, the, the, the being, getting the title of the guy who beat the Hulk. Yeah, which is pretty, pretty fucking solid. But yeah, Immortal Hulk continues to be great it's crazy it's out there you never know what what an issue is going to be they're they're also doing some interesting stuff with rick jones right now because he's back from the dead has gamma powers but he's not a bomb and he's not turning into a hulk anymore he's basically become akira Mm -hmm. okay he can he can fly through the power of gamma radiation he can make like big giant explosive gamma force fields and he's also a zombie who feels no emotion, but he's still doing the Jiminy Jillikers. Aw, shucks, uh, Bruce. It sure is great to hang out with you. But then they're like, you don't really feel that way, do you? Rick? And he's like, no, I'm absolutely dead inside all the time now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just rocking it, you know, for your benefit. No, I, I don't actually feel this way. Oh, I, I went to hell and I'm horrified oh. every minute of every day. Oh, no. <laughs> Because that's the other thing with this Gamma team. It's like, okay, so anyone with Gamma can't die, right? We just come back to life because of the green door. Yes. But you also get sent to hell and have to come back from that, and that's not good for you. <laughs> you, like, literally got to hang out with the devil for a little bit and come back. So, you know, what's, what's it worth to you? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I know, you're probably not reading Valkyrie, I take it, right? No. They did a Al Ewing did a genius story last week because obviously he writes uh, Valkyrie and he writes the Hulk book. Mm-hmm. Basically, Mistress Death, we meet her boss from the Living Tribunal, the Death of Deaths. Oh, okay then. And his thing is, he comes down. He's like, Mistress Death, you have been derelict in your duty. You've cared too much for your affairs with Deadpool and Thanos to actually do your job right. And then he holds up without saying what they are: a green door and a Krakoan seed. And he says, you have let the people of this universe make a mockery of life and death. And so I am punishing you now for it. (laughs) 
Jeez. And I'm like, that's that's so goddamn smart for Al Ewing to realize that that people keep shirking off death, be it the mutants who keep bringing their people back or the gamma people who keep shirking off death and how that's really bad for the universe. Yeah, it's bad for the numbers and, you know, the, the statistics. I love that Mistress Death gets a peer evaluation from the fucking living tribunal <laughs> being like, you're really fucking up. You're doing really bad. <laughs> We're going to dock you a day's pay. <laughs> or the fact that they're like, well, what are they going to do? Oh, well, we're just going to kill death then. We're just going to kill the metaphysical concept of death then if people are – if it's going to be a joke, we'll kill death. And in doing so, no one will ever die and 616 Earth will become a cancer-verse. Yeah. And they use the word cancer-verse too. Oh, nice. And I'm like, god damn, Al Ewing is a fucking genius just connecting all these dots all over the place. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm thinking of picking up that, um, there's an Immortal Hulk one-shot coming out this week, I think. Yes, with, the uh, Spider-Man. Written by Tom Taylor, I think. Yes, yes. I have no idea how this is supposed to work, but I'm excited for it. Looks it looks really cool. A uh, Spider-Man Hulk. It, it looks terrifying. Spider-Hulk, Spider-Hulk. <laughs> grapples with death and the other side <laughs> i want to read it just because of that where it's like wasn't well, peter parker like super happy go lucky and everything yes and isn't like the devil hulk like this you know really horrible monster and you know hell and all this other stuff how's peter gonna deal with that yeah yeah that's a, quite an interesting story i'm down for it so uh, what else did you have matt yeah, well, I'll try and lightning around a couple of them because I had four others that I managed yeah, to read. Um, I read Star Wars issue two. Yes, really cool. We're now definitely post Empire Strikes Back as we got Han we got Lando stealing Han's clothes. You know, for, mm -hmm. he's just in in his clothes now. Um, him and uh, Chewie head off to Tatooine, and they went they go to see Jabba because they want to find out where like information on 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 boba fett and everything and the interesting thing is here is it poses that java doesn't actually know that fett's coming to him like doesn't, doesn't know that like fett has has uh han and to like basically get out of being killed by the rancor uh lando offers to like be Jabba's sort of like like uh snitch in in the rebellion <laughs> And that, that's how he gets out of that situation. Just before that, there's a really cool part where they like they arrive at they arrive at Tatooine and are immediately set upon by the Empire because the ship is, <laughs> the ship is known to them and they're like, okay, we're gonna take the ship in and take you for questioning. And Han's like, the point of being a smuggler is to keep a low profile. The ship is now too famous. Yeah. Um, that's funny. The Empire get destroyed by pirates who are there after Han Solo. Ooh, <laughs> and. Uh, Lando basically does his style of negotiation, which is point rocket launches at them and like say he'll clue them in on a deal he's got with with Jabba for Tabana Gas. There is no deal. This is just him no, again talking not. his way out of a situation, as and, he loves to do. Yeah, I, I thought that was that was really fantastic. And Charles Soule like gets the voice of like Billy D and like Donald Glover in there, and it just Love works. It. it just works. Um, meanwhile, the the rebel alliance have been like scattered into cells and they can't contact each other because the imperials have broken their communication codes so if they contact mm. a cell the empire will know where they are and destroy them so they're kind of like like all separated and they don't know what to do and a commander suggests that they again referencing the high republic era that's two 
two oh. references in the span of like two weeks from the same writer. Mm, it's like they have something planned for that. Yeah. Um, they they mentioned there was this giant space station that used to be used as like a communications back during the High Republic time when space was lawless. It used to guide people. So they're going to go and try and... You mean space was more lawless than it is now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, even more lawless. More hookers and I'd blackjack. I'd hate to see that. <laughs> so they're going to go Love find it. that... Um, that uh, space station and then yeah han uh, not han uh, lando ends up offering luke a chance to go back to bespin to look for his lightsaber and we get a cool mm-hmm. an interesting like tease at the end where luke has like a force vision of some hooded being picking up his lightsaber. that i did see yeah that i did see because i guess that is a little story they haven't told yet and that is how did the lightsaber move in all that time yeah we know maz kanata eventually gets it but we don't know how. You know, I'm totally cool with that being a little side story in the Soul Run, and that is uh, who and where did this lightsaber change hands over all those years? Yeah, it's very interesting. Very much like the Falcon, too, because we know the Falcon had multiple owners in between. Mm-hmm. Hondo had it for a bit, and you can see it at Disneyland. <laughs> you can fly God, it at I... Disneyland. <laughs> apparently so yeah apparently they got all that uh new ride stuff there god i want to go to star wars land so fucking bad i'm gonna have to have i'm gonna have to save some money and then i'm gonna have to have like a big 24-hour stream where i get donations and i'm like look if i go to star wars and i will film a whole big vacation vlog there i will do like the whole thing you, you, you'll love it you'll get so i'll give prizes i don't know what i'll give <laughs> but i'll give something uh, yeah, that sounds fun. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool, but good jumping on point as well because it's kind of like the start of a new era sort of thing. I, I know the biggest complaint I've heard with these new Star Wars books is they're like, you know, it's not it's not my Zon trilogy. It's not the thing that I used to know that bridged the gap between these. And I'm like, that's that's fair. That's fine. But it's like it's not that, and it's never going to be that again. It's this now. Well, Ooh, this era only this era that it's in only had shadows of the empire and that yes thank you that, was that really one. didn't like like it was good but it didn't fill in a lot of the 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 gaps like and I, this this run looks like it will be and as well i think darth vader starts this week again that's going to fill in even more cool and again, too, it's like, look, you know, I, I loved Shadows, too, and everything, but it's also like you can't say that Shadows wasn't also a completely commercial endeavor oh, yeah. to try and... Again, they were basically trying to make the money of a movie without there actually being a movie. Yeah, it had everything but movies. Action figures, comics, video games, books. It was the definition of a multimedia project is what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good, and we have pleasant memories of it, but again, too, you know, it's like, hey, one multimedia project versus another multimedia project. <laughs> Just many years apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right uh what else did you have there again we've actually uh a little over our regular hour 30 time that we do but uh, anything you really want to talk yeah. about by all means uh thor issue two ah shit i didn't read this one yet but i want to that last issue was pretty fucking sick yeah. dope it opens with the black winter killing the dc universe oh no like, literally the dc universe i i saw that <laughs> there and that they literally have a bunch of panels that are mirroring yeah um but yeah, Thor is obviously the Herald of Thunder now, working for for uh, Galactus to find the five planets that will give him 
the the Dragon Ball energy that will allow him. <laughs> He's got to eat it all up. <laughs> allow him to survive this Black Winter. Um, Look, I need to level up. Is the thing <laughs> I need to grind these planet quests out so I can level up. <laughs> thing is, Thor's not having any of Galactus's shit. Um, I did see that when I was like breezing through it. He's just like, "Fuck you, Thanos!" Yeah. <laughs> or "Fuck you, Galactus." So they arrive at the first planet, and like Galactus just wants to dig in and just start eating. And then Thor's like, "No, we're going to save the people first, and then you can eat." And Galactus is like, "Oh, fuck you! I got the power of cosmic." And Thor's like, "I'm not having any of that shit," and just like throws me near it and blows off his fingers, blows off his leg. That's the panel I saw, and I'm like, that's so fucking cool. And I'm sure all the other heralds are like, we could have done that. <laughs> yeah, so what? And, and Thor's like, no, you couldn't have done it. You all suck compared to me. <laughs> Look how big my lightning dick is. And uh, he en- ends up saving the people of this planet and sending them to Asgard, where the Warriors 3 kind of do like like emergency immigration, uh, nice. which is cool to see. And then, yeah, it's just like uh galactus eats the the planet and becomes like ultra instinct galactus and And that i saw too he's got like a black and red color scheme now yeah and he's like oh i've got power now you're fucked odin's son and before he can attack attack um thor uh beta ray bill shows up i saw that too that's pretty sweet again maybe owen wilson we don't know (laughs) yeah but yeah i just i just love that like like thor even though he's now like herald and all that he's still like he's still thinking like i guess like a king and a hero putting the people Mm -hmm. first and everything and i appreciate too donny cates for being like man it's gonna be hard to top that almost decades worth of jason aaron stories i know i'll turn it up further (laughs) yeah that's basically what he's doing very very grant morrison all-star superman where it's like oh superman's so powerful should we depower him a bit man thor's really powerful should we turn it down no turn it up more <laughs> give him the power cosmic never stop now he's a king and a superhero and a god and a herald <laughs> and by the end of this story he's gonna kill galactus and then thor will be galactus he must eat worlds <laughs> I uh, joke, but like, wouldn't that be crazy if that, that happened? That would be fucking awesome. He becomes like that, um, that essence that that Galactus is that, that like part of reality. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> people forget, as they remind you in issue one, Galactus used to be a dude. His name used to be Galen, and he was an astronaut till he got pelted by shit and became a planet eater. Mm-hmm. And it could happen to you too. <laughs> this is your brain on on the power cosmic. <laughs> Oh, sure, it seems fun. And Thor's like, I learned it from watching you, Galactus. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Silver Surfer, you want to turn at this shit? You want to be uh, the Year of Worlds? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm already the Ebony Surfer. I'm good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what else did you have? You said you had two more? Yep, uh, I had Green Lanterns, the Black Stars, issue three, the final issue in this little three-part miniseries. Oh really? It was only three. Yeah, it was. It was technically a filler between seasons one and two of the Ooh. Green Lanterns, but it wasn't really filler. It was required reading. And when you're Morrison, you get to do that. Yeah, have I talked about this series before? In the yes, show? there was there was vampires last time you were yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, no. So the Black Stars takes place in a changed universe because at the end of season one hal used the wishing machine to like make it so that the universe was rewritten so there was no guardians no oa no 
uh, green lanterns and in their place was the black stars mm-hmm. and this is where that book takes place in this changed universe and this last issue saw uh last issue how stole superboy from earth and convinced right. him to become a black stars to incite a war with superman with the black Yikes. stars um <laughs> all because he's kind of seen through Moo's plans and Belzebeth's corruption of those plans. So he's trying mm-hmm. to like stop her and everything. And this issue is just that he's just trying to stop her. He learns that the green lanterns did exist because he, in rewriting the history, he forgot them. Oops. So he learned they, they exist now because Belzebeth wears the green lantern ring on her finger ah. as sort of like a trophy. Um, and the ring is actually still connected. And as we find out, this isn't actually a rewritten universe. When he rewrote the universe, he rewrote it in Earth-15, which is a dead universe, mm. which Morrison had set up previously in his season one as a universe that has been killed off and was basically a blank slate. That's a nice way to get around continuity. Yeah, and it also stops people asking if this is in canon. It is. It's just on a different Earth. Interesting. I like it. And... um. He ends up getting his power back, and it's interesting. He doesn't actually end up like killing the uh, the vampire Belzebeth. He says like, "Okay, so like you can have whatever you want on this earth. I'm gonna go back to my earth, seal your earth off, and you can live happily ever after as a alien vampire." The only problem hmm. is now she's like on the run from her black stars, which are Oops. now like all coming after her. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that like Morrison actually left these characters alive to be used later on because they're so interesting. And again, they're a deep pool. Belzebeth is actually like, like a really old, old, old character who because like, aren't they always? Like I think her like mother or grandmother like fought the Justice League and was like killed by Green Arrow like back in the sixties <laughs> or something. Yeah, sounds like a Morrison thing yeah. to do. Yeah, and then they're going off into season two it will be interesting though because like in this book it posits that like because how he didn't have the ring and how got hit by like this energy his he's like all fucked up like all burnt and everything i'm wondering hmm. if they're going to keep that going forward like he's scarred and everything because he, he's like half his face is like blown off and everything interesting interesting yeah. i'm looking forward huh. to that season two his book is just so fucking awesome it's yeah i had so a hard time balls to the wall I know, you know, the more you talk about it, the more I'm actually interested in it. I had a hard time after that first issue and when everyone talks shit to me for not knowing that much about Green Lantern. Maybe when it's done, I'll come back it to is, it. It is a total, like, you need to know, like, have more than a working knowledge of Green Lantern. But then again, ben does, uh, Morrison does his best to, like, explain things as well. He doesn't just, like, yeah. leave people in the dark. That is good. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had one more you were saying. Yeah, this is this is pretty big spoiler book. This is Hawkeye Free Fall issue two. Ah, shit! Another one I haven't read yet, but wanna, <laughs> but also that I flipped through. Okay, so there's big spoilers. So like, yeah, we get more like like who's Ronan? Who's Ronan's like like going after the the hoods like drug dealing ring, mm-hmm. taking all their money. Um, meanwhile, Hawkeye's like attending charities with Linda and, and and Tony Stark and donating heaps of money to like the feast and everything money that he's apparently gotten from uh selling his apartment building oh he sold the fraction apartment building yeah there's a really funny part where like he's he's fighting this villain called the human bomb who's like this this guy in armor with guns and a bomb painted on his chest (laughs) and and they're getting into like they're not even really fighting like 
they're just like hurling insults at each other <laughs> they're like like human bomb thinks he's the worst like avenger where hawkeye says oh well there's still Star Fox and stingray and all those guys. <laughs> and and luke cage just turns up because he thinks that like he's he's ronan right and, of course and then luke cage like this guy's like opening fire on these on the heroes and luke cage is just like standing there like behind a car just talking as he does <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious um but yeah spider-man's in the issue as well because he deals with ronan who goes after a one of the drug labs and almost blows up a whole block of buildings. Um, but yeah, at the end we find out that Ronan is indeed Clint. See, I saw that too. And my thing was like, well, that's impossible. Cause they would couldn't have been in the same place at once unless Hawkeye is now dressing up like Ronan to try and flush out the real Ronan. That's what I think. I think there's two, right? I think there's like, like Clint is using this as an excuse to like, because he get he gets a big bag of money and he delivers it to a hospital and he wants them to mm-hmm. set up a drug rehab center in the in the neighborhood that Ronan attacked. Right, and he's like, right. well, where did he get that money? He says he sold the apartment building, but I doubt it. And like, is he right. using Ronan going around killing like drug dealers and stuff to like sneak in and steal the money and stuff? Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Or is there like is is there somehow like a double thing at work here? Cause, cause that one at the end definitely is Clint because he had the hearing. Yes. Aid. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Also too, this new Ronin clearly has a new, more uh, scary looking mask where old Ronin's mask was kind of like, uh, what is it? Kind of neutral. Yeah. And, and as, um, Spider-Man points out, it gives off serious bad guy vibes. Yes. Also that. <laughs> gotta watch out for them bad guy vibes i well i can't re- wait to read that because i loved the first issue yeah it's a, definitely a twist i'm intrigued to see where matthew rosenberg goes with that likewise so uh yeah i guess with that everyone will start winding down the show for this week it's funny you've been getting such big long almost two hour long shows because we've been doing spoiler casts and interviews and everything else and this still almost ended up being a two hour show <laughs> despite the fact we had little news <laughs> yeah I feel like when we try and do this show quick, Matt, we end up going longer. <laughs> hey, we like to talk about comics. We certainly do. So I want to thank you, everyone, for coming out and joining us uh, on this Saturday night. I know that was impromptu. I know we didn't plan that. Hopefully next week uh, we'll be back to regularly scheduled time for Sunday if my D&D group doesn't get passive-aggressive with me again. <laughs> <laughs> so... Until then, everyone, thank you so much for coming out and watching and listening. Naturally, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else. I try and get that up super quickly. Everyone else, you get it Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as a video. And then it hits the SoundClouds and the iTunes and everyone else uh, Thursday when I remember. Yeah. So that's always good. As always, be sure to follow Matt and myself on social media so you always know when the new show is coming out and always know when you can catch us live. Yeah, we're, we're always here live. We're always, I'm willing to do more like live streams and stuff. I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out like what games are coming out that like I can live yeah. stream. But the thing is, they're all being pushed back. <laughs> they're all being pushed back. I got to get back to live streaming too. I like doing it. I just can never find the time yeah. to do it. It's like after a day's worth of speaking into a microphone, to do comics it's like hey do you want to speak into a microphone and do games no i just want to play games and not say anything yeah exactly that's all i want to do is that too much to sit in a <laughs> mic in my or you know sit uh, and not talk into a mic for a change <laughs> 
look, tell you what, if you come to my house and put the mic in front of me while I'm playing and don't tell me, I'm sure I'll say something entertaining at some point. <laughs> you may also hear the loud, unmistakable sound of me scratching my balls. That might also happen. <laughs> Pure, uncut ball scratching. <laughs> uh, on that note, everyone, we can't top that. So thank you so much for watching, and we will be back again next week. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.